0: Welcome to the Lions Guy podcast, where we take on topics in performance and personal growth by exploring the success stories of our guests, Learn the lessons of their experience and gain insights on performance and execution that'll help us establish clarity, build courage, and lead. I'm your host, Dale Walls, founder of Lion's Guide and certified high-performance coach. On today's episode, we've got Stephen Fracken. And Stephen is a CEO and founder of Intiva Inc., which is a full-service technology firm that provides businesses with managed IT services and support, cybersecurity, cloud services, and even some advanced IT consulting. And today, we will go through Stephen's story on really how he began his business, really seemingly by accident as an early teen, and how he has evolved into the leader of what is now a national company with over 300 employees. So Stephen and I discussed the lessons he's learned to sustain as a high performer under these high demands of growth and, and not only scale his business, but also maintain a healthy home and family life as well so if you like the sound of that before we get started i ask you to hit that subscribe button now so you don't miss any of our other great guests and content and if you're already enjoying the show drop us a review let us know what you think about the podcast and remember this podcast is sponsored by lions guide so if you've been tuning in getting value from the show you know please support the podcast by going to lionsguide.com and at least subscribing to our email list maybe become a member or even apply for some coaching uh with me dale walls your certified high performance coach and aside from services. We've got some other cool Lions Guide gear out there as well. Check that out and show off your pride and live in a life of courage, clarity, and leadership. And now with that all said, let's start the show. On uh, today on the Lions God podcast, we have uh, Stephen Kin. I'll get your name right. <laughs> Stephen Kin. Say it for me so I get it right. Fratkin. No, Fr- Fradkin. Jeez. See, I, you give me the A <laughs> to use, and I'm just like already using it all over right the freaking before. place. Stephen Fradkin. Stephen Fradkin. Which you correct me on that, even though we've known each other for the past, what, three years now coming up on, I would think. And uh, I was always calling you Freed Command. But today we've got Stephen Fracken on the show. And Stephen, I asked to be on because, um, you know, I I look up to Stephen. You know, he's a high performer, he's a very successful entrepreneur. You know, I know he's getting after it in a lot of different ways, not not just professionally, but personally, um, you know, and he's he's come through what I would call like the battle scars of growth and your know, scale to business that Stephen, you founded it, right? I did. Yeah. Founded the business, grew it into something that's way larger than anything else uh, typically in the industry. Um, and I got a ton, ton of respect for him. I'm honored that you agreed to come on to the show, man. So I just wanted to hop in there, kind of get your story out there. I know we've got a, all, myself included, I have a lot to learn from you. So I wanted to get you on and, and talk about that. So before I screw up your name anymore, I definitely want to screw up your background, man. So uh, tell us about your background. Where'd you come from? You know, what's Tell us your story.
1: Yeah, uh, thanks, thanks, Dale. I appreciate you uh, bringing me on as well. It's it's always great spending time with you. Uh, I would rather do it in person than virtually, but but it's nice nonetheless. You know, I, I, I come from pretty simple roots. Uh, I was a total geek in high school and middle school, and uh, you know, went to to classes on a day to day basis, and really was bored while there. Uh, I didn't have much success. Uh, you know, attracting friends or, or girlfriends, and uh, just found myself oftentimes feeling out of place. Um, so ultimately, I was able to uh, talk with the dean of my middle school at the time and negotiate an agreement with her where basically, if I was able to crush it in class and turn my grades around and get straight A's, I'd be given the autonomy to kind of spend some time outside of school, specifically. Uh, walking across the street and playing around at a local comp USA, which was literally across the street, uh, though it was a different time back in the '90s where uh, you know people were a little more uh, uh, flexible with uh, letting letting kids run free. Sure. Uh, so, uh, wound up fulfilling my end of that bargain, and she fulfilled hers. So, knowing that I would have the ability to spend time doing something that I was actually interested in, I worked my butt off at getting done the stuff that I was not interested in at all, which was ultimately that schoolwork. Uh, after a couple of months of proving myself there, uh, I was allowed to do what she committed and wound up spending, you know, at least three, maybe four days a week, kind of taking some time away from classes in school and going across the street and hanging out at this comp USA. And there I kind of self-taught myself, uh, a lot as it related to computers at the time, uh, mostly around personal computers, uh, laptops, desktops, uh, understanding all the components that would go into it. And one day I happened to be wearing a red shirt while there, which uh, had me look like one of their employees. And somebody had come over to me, mistaken me for an employee and started asking me questions. I uh, quickly let them know that I was not an employee there. uh, But if they want to tell me more about their needs, I'd help them out. And ultimately, they were trying to make a decision on whether they would get a desktop or laptop. I helped them make that decision. And then uh, very quickly thereafter, uh, that, that individual said, hey, any chance you'd come to my house and set this up for me? And uh, at the time, I was about 13 years old. And you know, I had a little bit of concern there, but, but ultimately uh, took the leap of faith and, and assumed this person was not a child molester or anything like that, uh, took the opportunity, went over to this person's house, got the computer set up, uh, was there for about two hours, and I left with 75 bucks. And I remember uh, just being shocked that somebody would pay me that much money uh, to do something that I truly loved and I was truly passionate about. In fact, I did everything that I didn't love in order to be allowed to spend my time doing that. Uh, So, you know, it turns out that was a revolutionary moment for me. And within a few hours of leaving that experience, I started to get phone calls uh, on my parents' home phone from referrals that that person had. So it was other uh, folks in the Washington, D.C. market, specifically business owners, just to, to put that in perspective, that mm-hmm. had home computing needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really over the next, I'd say at that point, maybe four years, uh week over week, I'd get more of a customer base that was looking for help with residential computers. Uh, And I wound up building quite a business over the course of middle school and high school, uh, where I was supporting these folks uh, after school on the weekends, uh, helping purchase and and install computers, and ultimately created a company called Custom Computer Creators at that time, because that was for the most part what I was doing. Uh, Then about... um, You know, four years or so after I started that, maybe I was around 17 years old, somebody that I had worked with at that point for four years went to me and said, Hey, you know, you've been dealing with my spouse and my kids for the last four years. That is hard in comparison to my company. So would you be interested in potentially helping me? I'm starting a mortgage company and I'd like to make sure that the computers work and we have the right application. And, uh, you know, would you give that a shot? So I, I thought about it for like, you know, two and a half seconds and said, of course, let's do it. Let's go. Uh, so, you know, the reality is I, I didn't have the experience in what was required there. And by the way, this is probably a, a trend in my life, right, where I don't have the experience. I commit to doing it and then I, I work, get out and figure it out until I'm able to do what I committed to doing. Sure. And this was a perfect initial example where I jumped in there and I'd say for every 40 hours of work I did, I probably build for four. Uh, because I thought that was the fair amount based on my prior knowledge. And I just worked my butt off and wound up helping this guy get this business set up. And in the process of doing it, I created an agreement with him where there was a certain number of hours I would give every week at the same time. And I built up this recurring uh, support model for their business. Uh, It turned out, I'd say at that point, that this is before the mortgage market started to really explode in a positive way in terms of size. Uh, And it was just at the infancy of that. And what would happen is uh, loan officers would jump from mortgage company to mortgage company for whoever would pay, you know, a a little bit more commission. And somehow, some way, I became the Washington, D.C. area, like, expert. And I use that in air quotes because I, you know, certainly wasn't an expert in my mind. I just may have known a little bit more than others. But, uh, you know, became this mortgage expert and started being pulled into all of these other companies as these loan officers would, would basically hop for a slightly higher commission. And then that continued to expand as these people who own these mortgage companies decided, hey, let me open a real estate company. Let me open a title company. So the, the kind of industry continued to grow and evolve. Uh, it was moving in a really quick pace. And I found myself uh, just kind of in the thick of it all with an opportunity in a market that I was the expert in. So that was really exciting and it, it grew quite a bit and uh, ultimately, uh, ult- ultimately allowed me to start hiring my first full-time employees. Um, and I, I continued this through high school, ultimately the Smith School of Business at the University of Maryland until December of 2004 where we were maybe at that point, four or five employees. And I decided that that was the time we're going to formally make a run at this. This is my career for the rest of my life. uh, And I really wanted to continue to grow this business. And it was that time that uh, we renamed it to Antiva, frankly, because... um, Custom Computer Creators was a really long name that uh, didn't at all define what we do. We were defined by it, right? Like it said, we make custom computers. Plus, it was like a million letters long and not an easy domain name. Uh, So my goal there was simple. I just wanted to find something short and sweet that we could define instead of being defined by. And, you know, in technology, one of the cool things about it that keeps me interested and keeps me motivated is just it changes every day. Yeah. And I want to make sure that we had a name that was out there that that could be synonymous with phenomenal IT support. I mean, think Qtip or Kleenex. We wanted that uh, in the IT services space. And, you know, I'm pleased to say that that over the years, we've, we've achieved that and uh, we continue to grow on scale.
0: Absolutely. Awesome. I mean, that, I mean, it's wild. I mean, you're right. Like, times have changed like when we were running around like you you're born when I am a 1980 baby maybe I would Yeah been. me
1: too yeah uh, so 84
0: yeah so you know times coming up through the 80s and 90s like we were uh, I'd say to your story like we were a bit more free range chickens right like we there was not this fear uh, there's a great book about it uh the calling of the american mind i don't know if you read it but the, but there if for those out there that haven't read it, I would encourage it, but it talks about this change in the American culture from that era to, And it really kind of shed some light on that. But, but we were that, right. We were running around, like we're, you know, doing our own thing. And um, so, so I was going to ask this, but I think you made it clear, like Comp or Comp or Comp USA, they, yep. that, so the middle school supervisor, administrator, whatever, let you go do that. Did, but the store didn't know you were there like you know you were just hanging out yeah
1: i mean the, the store the store knew i was there it was a big oh, yeah. super store. So, so the store knew i was there for sure my parents had no clue
0: okay uh, i'm not yeah.
1: sure i'm not sure uh if my parents knew if i'd be allowed to continue doing that or not so i sure. just opted to stay silent
0: <laughs> yeah the whole oh, ask for, for forgiveness right mm. that's awesome similarly uh in high school you know, some friends and I like so back in high school with those days. So this is what '90s for me. Uh, everything was like Novell, Netware, or whatever. And yeah. everything was on th- three and a half inch floppy. And, you know, we we're basically bringing in floppy disks with little hack tools and getting in the system, doing nothing malicious. Our, our aim was to keep our Doom and Duke Nukem 3D LAN server running. <laughs> and so we were in between classes and we were playing in the, playing games in the background and you we had these escape keys to get out. So all the nerds out there, like... Yeah. Um, so we were having these little escape sequences. I think it was like control Alt G or something got you back out to the menu. So the teacher would know you what you're doing and stuff. And I, I was going to be away or, or one of my friends or something had asked how we were doing it. Like we weren't going to be in class, but they wanted to get in still. Right. So yeah, give them oh, man. Let me show you how to do it Well, they get caught. And then one day I'm like back to school and i get called down to the principal's office i'm um, not sure why i had a suspicion and go in there and it's the principal. Our, our school was a 4a school so we had a few vice principals and, and so on You go in there and i'm a kid I, you know i go in there and it's the principal the three vice principals the three librarians and two net admins from the board of ed like all sitting around this huge conference table go and have a seat mr walls and like, like what did you do how'd you get into the systems like again hadn't done anything at all maliciously but like i said we had just found that the graphic arts uh class had a server that was open and all we had to do was create a share and you know, whatever so <laughs> similarly business wise i was i could either get in trouble and i don't I, I imagine they had to call my parents and let them know but it, it, I, I, I grew up with a single uh, single fam- a single mom with a single mom, and but I, the compromise that was reached to no real trouble because we didn't really do anything too malicious other than backdoor the system was I had to drop all my classes that had a computer in it, and I and as a result I had to actually take accounting classes which was still at the time on green ledger stuff so it actually enabled me for my future in business because I then took accounting for everything. I went through up through advanced accounting. I was taking accounting in in college. It was, it was just, I got into that. So here I had this like, passion for the tech, but this enforcement of business behind it as a result of messing around with it. And, and it kind of set me up, but, but yeah, it's, it was, it was a different era back then. I mean, it's a security, security is just now becoming a, you know, an appropriate <laughs> level of concern even over the last 20 years. I mean, geez. So you started the business, you're, you're, how have you changed, right? So you went from being super uh, techie, geeking out on this stuff. Now you're running the business of how many people and how has that evolved you, you know, as a, as a person over the last 15, 20 years?
1: Yeah. I mean, so first I'd say I evolve every single day, right? I think every day that I wake up, if I'm not, if I haven't learned something or figured out a way to do something better or, you know, suck a little less in some other thing I might do, Uh, I I don't feel like it's been a successful day. So I'd say I'm I'm always learning. I'm always evolving. I'm always reflecting on what's going on. Uh, As as to the size of Antiba today, uh, you know, we're fortunate to have about 360 employees. um, And uh, we, you know, we continue to have a very aggressive goal of expanding throughout the U.S. and uh, frankly, becoming the Verizon of MSPs in terms of size in the next five or 10 years. Um, with that said, as we do this, you know, I, I have an unwavering commitment to doing it the right way. So it's not about size to me for size sake. I just know we're going to be able to get there because we do it the right way. And we focus first on our people and we make sure that uh, we are hiring, retaining, and growing the best talent because at the end of the day, what we are responsible for isn't providing some magical piece of intellectual property or technology to a customer at a premium price. We are providing our brains and ultimately we need to be helping our clients use technology to grow and we need to be helping our employees grow through the proper use of technology. And if we do that correctly, we're able to positively impact tons of people. And my personal goal and the legacy I want for this business is to have been able to uh, really maximize that reach, make it as big as we can and touch as many people positively as we can. And frankly, uh, the, the work we do is just the, the kind of mechanism that helps us make that positive impact. It's not it, it's not the end all be all. the The goal is really helping people improve their lives, helping them be more efficient, helping them communicate better, helping them create time. I mean, the most valuable commodity in the world, you know, and give time to people by helping them take steps out of what they're doing. And that makes me incredibly excited. And it's something that we're, we're really focused on here and we'll continue to grow. Uh, so, you know, every day of my life, uh, every day of my life, I learn and grow. My hope is that everybody I connect with and that connect with people I'm connected with are doing the same thing. That's really the goal. And, you know, I could, I could name, <sighs> You know, dozens of examples of this. Um, you know, as you asked the question, though, probably one of the biggest challenges that that I had to overcome was a very long-term need where I achieved fulfillment for myself from having other people like me. And you know, this is a little bit Difficult for me to share, uh, you know, and, and be a little vulnerable here. But like at the end of the day, I spent I spent 15, 20 years of my life where I would alter who I was just a little bit, not, not lie, but alter who I was and how I would respond to something based on what I felt that employee or that client or that vendor partner wanted to hear. And that worked fairly well until we were, you know, maybe 100 people. And I was able to kind of keep track of all those things and still weave them together and what we wanted to do. But as we started to put in place managers and other leaders and expand throughout the country, that didn't work any longer. And it, it became unclear as to what we were doing, how we were doing it, why we were doing it. And I quickly needed to get over my goal of being liked by everyone and that need of being liked by everyone and shift to being respected by everyone. And, and have people know really what it is that I expect, what it is that we're about, and give them the autonomy to work within that purpose to do what they need to do to fulfill those goals and ultimately you know, realize that I'm going to be very consistent in delivering that same message. And if they're not down for that message, while I'd hate to see them unhappy or leave or not be part of what we're building, they're better somewhere else where they believe in that. And as a result of that pivot, we've been able to expand and grow where we do have the right people in the right seats and everybody's aligned with that purpose. So everything just becomes more fulfilling for me on a daily basis. And I am incredibly grateful and fortunate and lucky. uh, You know, any adjective you can imagine and throw in here to be able to have shaped something for my professional life that is so fulfilling. So every single day of my life, when I wake up and I do this, I know it's driving not just me getting a paycheck so I could support my family, but actually impacting, uh, you know, tens of thousands, hopefully one day hundreds of thousands or millions of people in a positive way. And that is just exciting to me. And it's frankly what gives me uh, the, the fuel I need to continue.
0: Yeah, I I mean, and I I totally respect you saying that. And I think people need to hear that, which is, you know, I've called that in my own head because I've lived that too. uh, You know, when I call it in my head, like the chameleon effect, like I can blend in, in most places, right? Uh, You know, and, and, and it is that people pleasing, you know, that leads to mediocrity right it does not break you through to maybe your real potential because you're you're a bit watered down trying to please everyone you're trying to overbalance and instead of picking some you know and that's for me even on this next chapter where i'm going and i made clarity one of the core values of of lions guys because like you need clarity and where you're going but even in addition to that, you need clarity on who you are. Like, what are your core values? What do you stand for? What will you not compromise on? And 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 from a perspective of leadership, you know, one people respect that because that's that's a leader, right? They're firm. You know, they're they're minimizing the ambiguity, right? They're they're staying consistent. They're not this today and that tomorrow. Right. And it's something that can be admired and followed due to that consistency. So I think it's, you know, it's a great lesson for you to call out, which is the need to kind of, you don't have to please everyone. You know, I don't know who said it was like, you know, you try to please everyone or please no one because you're just something different all the time. And it's, and although it's, it's nice to have, I also compare this to that of a, you know, a singer has a range of their voice. Like it is good to have that range so that you can come in and be relatable and with the various characters and personalities and things that you're going to meet along the way. But, but you'll do yourself some good to be true to yourself as you build that relationship. So they do know who you really are. Your people know who you really are. You know where you're going. So I think, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's. And
1: and, and I think it's critical to just take the time and take the opportunity to figure out what makes you tick. Right. I was, I was so fortunate to be able to figure that out at a young age. And it's really given me that that kind of goal and that purpose. And so every day I'm able to make active decisions about where I put my energy. And if I'm putting my energy to things that that go towards that goal and purpose, I am in a constant state of fulfillment. And frankly, I make incredibly good use of my time, right? I'm not spending my time on things that don't support that. And it's really, really cool to be able to do that. So, you know, my wish for everyone is that as you know, early on as possible, they able, they're able to figure out what makes them tick. And, and I'd also say, you know, in fairness, it's possible that that changes over time. Life circumstance changes and the, the world changes around you. And, and it's okay for that purpose or goal to change. But as long as you have it and it's clear to you, uh, you know, go towards it and make sure you're putting your time and your energy towards those goals.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And even look, if you're not clear, start with something and start taking action towards that. And you're going to learn whether you're right or wrong and then be ready to say, OK, well, that's not quite the direction. Now that I'm into like you choose a direction, you bring clarity to the direction you want to go. You start heading in that direction, you know, it. life and circumstance is going to tell you Whether you're on the right path and just being humble enough to like not die on that hill that you picked initially, but no, like, Hey, I knew I wanted to start heading this direction. And, and I know you can appreciate this in tech because things change so often, right? We're evolving every 18 months in that world in a big way. I mean, and so when you start directionally accurate, but have the humility to say, okay, that's not working. So now we need to start making these pivots, you know, it really, but just starting somewhere is just, you know, cause you can, you know, it's, a, it's analysis paralysis, right? You just think yourself into inaction. And, and really, if you just pick a, make a decision, pick who you, these directions that you want to go, bring some clarity to who you want to be and then act on it and then evolve it as, you know, you, you get the response out of, out of all that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable how many times I've proven to myself, and I didn't believe this initially, right? How many times I've proven to myself, and I, I lack self-confidence and self-esteem, that if I visualize something and I want it to happen, it almost always happens. Yeah. If I sit around and I think about it negatively and, and uh, don't visualize what outcome I want, it almost never happens or it almost goes poorly All, always, right? So, so it's just amazing how much your mind uh, can allow you. And I'm not saying it just materializes in front of you, right? But if you're committed to an outcome or a goal and you do take the steps that support that and you prepare for any opportunity that presents itself and you're willing to work a little bit harder than the next guy, which is surprisingly easy chances are you're going to to achieve what you have in front of you. And I I cannot believe how much that positive thinking and that that ability to really see what I want in the future, even 10, 20, 30 years from now, and work every day towards it, and then be able to just take a couple of minutes maybe at the end of every week and go, well, what did I do this week that's furthering me along that that long-term goal? It's amazing to see how much, uh, how much you're able to do and how much you're able to move the needle.
0: Yeah. And that's a major part, whether you're the CEO of a company that you founded to 300 people or just working your day job and you've got, a, 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 a you're seeking for joy in life. You know, if you sit there and draw out that vision, right, you draw out what is the vision of where you're trying to go? I mean, cause you're just not going to hit a target that you don't aim at. And if you don't put the target there, you're not going to hit anything. You're, it's just, it, it's not going to come to fruition. Um, and it's, and certainly you're right. Like, and the work it, whether you're working harder than the next guy or just working harder than the old you, the, the, you that wasn't working towards that, right. You just Absolutely. recognize that something has to change. If, you know, I want to get there, here's bring clarity to the things you need to do to, be that person, you know, where that, that, you know, I hear a lot of times people like want to start their own business. Like, well, if you had your own business, who would you have to be? Right. And who are you now compared to that? And start being that guy, start being the guy that has his own business, who puts in the extra hours and lays out the strategy and the vision and, and it will come, you know, It, it will it, it you're right i mean it's you know there it's been said in so many ways always well, there there was that stuff like the secret and and all that stuff and people you know kind of dismiss it for the the corniness of it right like speak it into existence but man it's very powerful and it, all it is is vision casting and that's just yeah. the leader establishes the vision and rallies everyone to work towards that vision together right and that And that applies everywhere, man. That applies everywhere. Yeah, for sure. Hi, everyone. Dale here. I wanted to take a quick break to invite you to join us at lionsguide.com. Have you ever struggled to show up as your best when you really needed to most? Have you ever stared at your week and you just wondered, how the heck am I going to fit all this in? Or worse, have you come to the end of your week and asked, how come you didn't get done what you wanted to? Or maybe have you ever struggled to gain influence at work or home? Or have you felt as if you are a productive person, but you really don't know where you're going or what you want? So the distractions of social media or maybe Netflix take over your day. If any of that sounds like you, I want you to know that you're not alone and invite you to visit us online at lionsguide.com and subscribe to the Lions Guide newsletter or maybe even download some of our free guides to help you on your journey. The time is now to transition to the next level in your performance and personal growth and have some joy in life. Visit LionsGuide.com and subscribe today. You owe it to yourself and those most important to you to be the best version of you. Don't lose any more time. Subscribe today. I can't wait to see who you're going to become. And now back to the show. So, as far as your pace and the things that that you're working on, you know what what kind of habits contribute most to your success and, and the things that you're doing and. Maintaining, right? And you're right, right? It is hard. It is a lot of work. You know, you've got to put it in. Uh, No one else is going to do this level for you. You know, you're building a team, but that means you're focusing on the things that you need to focus on in your own growth. Like, what habits are really contributing to your success at this point?
1: It's tough, tough to answer. I I mean, it's let let, let's start with just waking up every day. So every morning, I'm up at 4 a.m. Doesn't matter what time I went to bed the night before. Sometimes it could be earlier than 4 a.m., but, you know, by at least 4 a.m., I am up. And the first thing I I typically do is just kind of get a check-in with myself. Like, was there anything critical from the prior day that I didn't follow up or follow through on because now's my opportunity to make it right? And then I quickly pivot into, okay, what's coming today? And are there things that I need to uh, follow up or follow through on proactively to make sure that today is set up for success? And by the way, this doesn't just apply to my work at Antiva. It applies to my family. It applies to myself as well. It applies to you know the 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 goals that I have for for my health. Literally everything. So I start very very early, and then I would say I am I am nothing if not consistent, right? So I have you know while I might wake up tomorrow and have to go to Boston for meetings, I still follow the same regimen that I would follow everywhere else. I stick with the same diet. I stick with the same exercise, uh, prioritize communication and responsiveness, no matter where I am. You know, that's another thing, um, you know, for better or worse, basically 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I'm always on. And, uh, you know, I, I, do not want people, uh, that, that ultimately I feel responsible or accountable to, to ever wait on me for a decision or direction. And, Frankly, as I continue to grow and we continue to grow the company and even my family, our goals are to make it so more of these incredibly smart people who are often more capable than myself have the autonomy that they need to make their own decisions that, that go along with our joined goals. And as long as we're doing that, then less things are coming to me that I need to be responsive to. And frankly, the things that are coming to me uh, are, are, are more important and it's less of the, you know, the noise and it's more of the, the critical stuff because the, the people that, I, that, that are in my family and the people that are in, in my company Uh, all know what we're doing and, and are supported to make decisions. And frankly, you know, in, in all of these scenarios, it's okay to make mistakes too. Right. So, so that's another thing. Like as we uh, speaking for myself, you know, we're talking about me, but, but other people as well, mistakes are tolerated, right? Mistakes allow us to learn and grow. What we don't do, though, or let me, let me say it in a more positive way, uh, what we focus on is making only original mistakes. So to me, the holy grail is making sure that I not only make a mistake just once and I do not repeat it, but I'm able to share the experience of making that error with other people so that they can learn from even my mistake and they don't repeat it themselves. So you know I would say you know my superpower isn't being the best IT admin out there. I didn't go to Harvard sort of Harvard Business School to learn how to lead a company. My superpower is screwing things up only once and then learning from it and then doing my best to communicate that to other people that are out there. And I can tell you this this could be as simple as and I'll never forget this it was it was 15 years ago. I, I was the, uh, the engineer working uh, an issue with a client that had a server in, in uh, California, and I finished the routine that I was doing on this server, and I had VPN to that server to remote into it. And I went and I right-clicked that, that VPN icon, and I, I thought I was disconnecting the VPN, but it turned out that I was actually uh, clicking on the network uh, icon, and I disabled the local network adapter on a server 3,000 miles. Away, right. <laughs> So like something as basic as that, I downed a server 3,000 miles away. I had to call the customer. I had to find somebody to go there and turn it on and undo that error. And I've never forgotten that to this day. And any chance I can communicate that to a tech that does server maintenance or or something like that, I will. Because I want to teach them a few things. One, uh, that don't do what I did because it was silly. And two, it's okay to make these mistakes because you're going to learn from them and be stronger as a result. And, you know, in both my family and my company, I think we are incredibly strong units because we collaborate and get together and learn and grow from each other's mistakes (laughs) and, frankly, successes as well. But mostly the mistakes are what's memorable. Right. It's, it's not often that you're patting yourself on the back. Oh, well, I had a great conversation with Dale today. That was awesome. No. What, what I constantly go through my mind is, man, uh, what what words did I slip up on before? Man, I should have slept more last night before having this conversation with you so that I could be more articulate and more uh, you know, excited. Uh, so it's all those things that that resonate in my mind. And frankly, instead of just using those negative thoughts and, and allowing them to bring me down, I'm using what is naturally coming to me to learn how to be a better me tomorrow. And if at all possible, I could share that with others and make them better tomorrow. That gives me again, fuel. That is why I do what I do. That is the purpose of, of what I do every day inside and outside of the
0: business. Yeah. I mean, and so you threw a lot of gold there. So, I mean, what I'm hearing, I'll just bring it back. Right. So, so you, you get up early because you try to capitalize on as much time as you can. And that's that I think as you grow and responsibility is key that you're just not going to find time in the waking hours because it's like everyone else is like vultures trying to get their, get their claws in you to get your time. And so this, there's so much noise in those waking hours. So, you know, I find most high performers have found that they've got to transition to that early hour to get, that clarity, that clear free flow and time that you do need that you can focus and do whatever, um, consistency, you know, to a routine, you know, the power being responsive, responsive to, right. And, and I appreciate that your team even getting this set up is, you know, I felt like within minutes getting back to me and, and, and it's a world when you kind of fire and wait, fire and wait. And I even to my own routines, like my to do's to communicate, I set follow-ups for two days because I expect in most cases, I'm not going to get a response for two days. So I just trigger myself to follow back up. But, but you know, yeah, it's in, in that then is, that's your culture, right? So you're talking about, it's not just you, but your, your whole team's culture is about responsiveness. And when I talk to people, uh, a lot, of, I do a lot of uh, real estate development stuff and I talk to various contractors and sometimes you talk to guys say, say, I want to go out on my own, do my own business. What any recommendations? And I go, yeah, call people back. You know, you know what I mean? Because in that world, people are just starving for someone to call them back, you know, and and do what they say they're going to do. So the power of responsiveness. It's, it's so easy. <laughs> it's so easy. Just keep a list, man. And then have a have a set time in your day where you make all your follow up calls. Like, I mean, it's just it's not hard. It's you, you just yeah, got to want to do by it. By the
1: way, it, it shows the other person you care. It shows the other person you respect them. It shows the other person they're important to you. Who wouldn't want to work with somebody that that gives that to them?
0: Yeah, I mean, how many customers have you won over the years where that was the reason they were looking for a new provider? I mean, yeah, I
1: mean, that more than seventy five percent of our business came from people looking for that.
0: Right. My guy doesn't call me back fast enough. I don't know when they're getting get to me. Like always, that was the case. I mean, and that you know, and I'm sure like you like always focused on keeping high SLAs, you know, on at least the help desk, obviously, and the best you can always do with field service, because that's, that's another animal, but just being responsive.
1: It's, it may be worth sharing. Um, It was was maybe about five years ago, so maybe we should rerun a survey, but about five years ago, we were able to talk, talk uh, to about 200 of our clients and really gauge from them what they valued the most and what they wanted from a real great IT partner. And they put responsiveness as number one, even over accuracy. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, chew on that for a minute, right? Mm -hmm. Like if your response, obviously accuracy is important, you know, get it right, make it work, keep it right and keep it working. (laughs) But, you know, in the event of anything going wrong, that, that responsiveness trumps that, right? Like they need to know you're there for them. You care. There's a sense of urgency. You're in it with them. Right. And that, that ultimately was the, the number one thing that we heard from our clients. And, and, you know, fortunately I'm, I'm glad to have heard that because it's, it's really something that's true to me as well. So it was easy to, to meld that together and make sure that that remained a priority for our company.
0: Yeah. I mean, in, in any business or whatever, even your personal engagements, just that, that, that communication cadence um you know and it i'll just use that as that example right even if there is that down right and and as technicians you know we we want to get our heads down and focus on that outage and we're not coming up for air until that's resolved right but I, I think a really powerful thing that 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 i would recommend is like have a communication cadence with that client throughout even if it's you're calling and say hey because clients feel fear the unknown right so when they're at out in the dark while they're down and you may be working as hard as you've ever worked to remediate this thing if they're not hearing from you they don't know what's going on like they are still on they're fearing the worst this isn't coming back so keeping you know even establishing a cadence routine to say hey all right i understand it's down we're going to get on this I uh, tell you what we're going to call you in a half hour and let you know where we're at and even if you even if i could call you in a half hour and i've got no better i'm we're going to touch base then. and they keep that communication going just to minimize the fear of the unknown and that just assurance to know right that they know you're on it you're keeping communications up um and that's in all things you know if you things are important especially keep the communication up keep keep the consistency i think another thing that you mentioned too the the ability to get all of the decision making off your shoulders you described kind of obviously casting the vision and and empowering everyone and so on. And you're doing that through your what in the military we call the commander's intent, right? You're establishing the commander's intent of what we're trying to get accomplished so that now when your team gets hit with decisions to be made, as long as they align the decision that they're making to your intent, right? They, they are now empowered to make those decisions, right? It's, it's like, you're, yep. you're, you're setting that vision as a leader. This is what we aim to do. We aim to be the most responsive. We aim to be, you know, the scale, whatever. So now when your team's hit with these things throughout the day, they don't have to come running with you go, what do I do this or that? You know, yeah, they, they, are,
1: they know how to work within that framework. So they yeah. know our, why they know our purpose. They know our core values. They can operate within that framework. And then we, um, you know, I I personally once had a a mentor that um, presented me with a picture of a tree. And uh, the tree, you know, it had clear uh, leaves on it. It had branches. It had a trunk. And then you saw the roots kind of underneath the ground. And that was a decision-making tree. So one of the things I was able to communicate with my direct reports, which I believe has gone downstream you know, through, the, through most of the organization at this point and likely to the whole organization soon, is the concept of this decision-making tree, right? So branch issues should be addressed, uh, excuse me, leaf issues should be addressed by an individual on their own. The worst case scenario is we've lost a leaf. It'll grow back. And, and, you know, people will learn from that and grow from that experience. A branch issue, hey, maybe let's, uh, let's, let's come to your manager with an idea uh, to solve the branch issue and be ready to implement that idea or potentially have even done it and report that to your manager and tell them, hey, this was a branch issue. This is what I did to resolve it and we're in good shape or this is what I did and it needs some assistance. You know, trunk issue, a little bit different. Would be, hey, this is, this is pretty big. I'm going to come with ideas. Let's talk them through before taking any action. And then root issues. I may not have an idea, but let's raise it up. Let's brainstorm together and let's figure out what we need to do. And, uh, you know, if you're able to start to break things down simply like that with a, with a simple image like that, people are able to start to, to really work on their own. And again, they have to not be afraid to fail. They have to not be afraid to make a mistake if you have a culture where any error you know re- results in public flogging or uh, you know termination or anger or whatever it might be uh, it's not going to be conducive in fact you know at one point in my career we celebrated failures we literally would take them and share them with the entire company on a on a intranet portal in order to let them know hey this happened this is what could be done differently in the future. And this is, you know, as a result what we learned um, and, you know, very different mindset, but it's allowed us to scale and grow without having, you know, everybody's time get sucked into a, a vacuum that they can never get back.
0: Yeah. You're really enabling the courage within the organization, right? Like instead of being frozen and afraid to make a mistake, you're, you're, you're making it clear. It's okay to make mistakes in, And when they happen, we're all going to, going to learn from them. And I think, and then sharing that. And and I think that's, that's really powerful. It's got to be helping with transition, you know, minimizing transition, you know, uh, because, you know, you want your people to want to come to work, right? Like you don't want them coming to fear of screwing up and, and getting yelled at and, or, you know. the things that that happen it's just not serving anyone
1: where's the fun in that like is is (laughs) the person that's even doing the yelling enjoying themselves like is that making you stronger the next day all it does you know the majority of your your waking hours are spent at work why have a shitty experience like let it be fun let it be enjoyable learn grow
0: yeah. It, Cause it's going to happen. I mean, things are going to happen. We've all done it. Like you were mentioning shutting off the network. So you're, 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 hard down and stuff. I mean, we've all done things that, that just have stuck. You know, and you're never going to do that again. You know, in a minute, almost that realization hits, you know, just, you don't punish yourself. You've, you've learned from it already. You know, let's, let's move on. Now, now let's get through it and, and solve all that. Um, with regard to, you know, We talked about this a little bit, but just running a business, how do you re-energize yourself? Um, And even to add on that, like maintaining the joy, right? I talked to a lot of business owners that have success, things are gone. They learn quickly that running a business is its own beast of demands and a ton of work and uh, it's not this utopia of money and freedom, and you know <laughs> that maybe they saw in the beginning. But you know, how some ways that you've learned to you know re-energize, recharge, you know, maintain the joy, things like that.
1: There's there's a lot there. I guess my my first answer would be gratitude, right? So so being able to in in every moment, despite what's going on just be grateful for all that you have and all that you're doing, right? And take the time to remember that because no matter what's happening, no matter, you know, if it's if it's an incredibly awesome moment or, you know, something that you didn't plan for that's really negative that you have to deal with, in both of those scenarios, taking a moment to be grateful, right? So in a scenario where something's going awesome, this is this is an opportunity to be grateful and to celebrate and not just move past it right? So very important there. And when something's going less than awesome, take a moment to be grateful for the fact that you have the ability and the experience. And if you don't have it yet, you're about to get it and learn something new on how to handle this situation. And once you've done that, you've done nothing but become a stronger person. That to me gives me constant fuel. You know, next I'd say just being present and being in the moment, right? Like, man, I, I was so lucky to learn these lessons. And, I, and this this lesson you know i learned from my home life from my from my wife who you know i, I've, I she's known me you know for, for at this point 16 years and and uh, you know business for for much of that time was always my priority and always had the majority of my headspace and she never demanded that i spend less time on work and more time with her on the family but what she wanted and demanded was that the time I did spend, I would be present. And I got to tell you, I let her down on that for a lot of years. I would, I would go through the motions and I'd be, you know, on the other, in my brain, it doesn't even need to have a device in my brain. I would be processing other things and not be in the moment. And that, again, it, it wasn't about quantity of time. It was quality of time. And I didn't have quality time there. And being able to just take a step back, and going back to what we talked about with vision and purpose, I mean, that applies to work, it applies to home, it applies everywhere to what you're doing as an individual. Make sure you have that and don't go through motions of anything without supporting that. So if my purpose is to have a, you know, a, a fake marriage with you know kids that that picture an absentee father, then yeah, sure, the, the hours I spend with them be in a different headspace. That's not my vision, though, right? Nor is it my vision for the company to to, you know, lead in a fictitious way, not be in the trenches, not work hard with people. That's not who I am. I am in it with them, right? So I've always got to be present. I've always got to be in the moment. And when I did that, immediately the time I spent became more fulfilling time across the board. Because before I might be at work and I might be thinking about how I wasn't present at home or now I'm at home and I'm thinking how I wasn't present at work and it's a vicious cycle. So just own what's going on. Everything, you know, you can always reprioritize. You could always shuffle things. You could always deal with an occasional emergency, but make that time count and be very intentional about what you're
0: doing with it. Yeah, I now and that's intentionality is very key. I think to just like, I think you're describing anxiety, right? And you summed it up great with uh, I'm at work. I'm, I'm wondering what I'm missing at home. I'm at home. I'm wondering what I'm missing at work. And, but if you're intentional with your time and you're laying it out in advance, I think, you know, when you have this much stuff going on, you've got to have a a part of, and I'd be interested to learn more about your routine and time management, but I, I feel like you've, it's, you have to have your days and weeks planned clearly. So you're not reactive, you're executing against a plan and man, it, it just takes so much stress. And that means true too, like the intentionality of that time. So for me personally, I'll say, you know, back to core values, you know, my core values of my interactions are being interested compassionate and encouraging, right? And that, and why do I have that? It, exactly what you described it is so easy, especially entrepreneurs or high performers or managers, leaders out there to be distracted with the noise of everything else. And you're right. It's, it sucks to be sitting there at dinner or there at a ball game or whatever. And you're stuck in your phone, you're cleaning up your emails. You're not there. You're not present. So I go so far now with those the three clarity words for on who I am want to be right you know as with my interactions with people and and when i'm setting my intentions like i'm looking at my weekend i'm getting my planner together i'll say okay we got got a tournament this weekend my son plays baseball i'll say okay interested compassionate encouraging i'll write it on my schedule you just to call myself out and go hey man this isn't time we're gonna be looking at emails or doing all that social media or whatever we're gonna be there we're gonna be present and it's it's key it serves me a lot you know it's just bringing the attention to it um
1: Yeah. Yeah, And I don't know if this is unique to me or not. And, and I'm, again, I'm grateful for this and I I don't want this to to come off wrong, but I've learned that I have an ability to impact people. Right. It could be positive. It could be negative. Um, and you know, with that power, um, I only want it to be positive. Right. So it could be, you know, I caught myself the other night. I, I have, uh, I have five very little kids, um, and, you know, one of them, I, I was with the five-year-old and I was putting him to bed and I was exhausted. I, I hadn't slept the prior night. I, I had traveled the next day to go to go to a, a large board meeting that I had to prepare for. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm putting him to bed because I felt obligated to put him to bed, right? And so I'm going through the emotions. I'm going through the routines. I read the story. I get him tucked in. I say goodnight. I walk out the door and he asks for one more story. And my first reaction was, no, we're all set. And then he he asked one more time and I just immediately got hit really hard with like, oh my God, what am I doing, right? Mm -hmm. Why would I have at all spent this time with my son to just go through the motions? And oh, by the way, what, the story is gonna take me three minutes to read to him and it is going to make his world. How could I not spend that time to do it and then, oh, by the way, if I am going to spend that time, how could I not be all in on that time? And how, and, and it, so such a simple thing, right? And it took my five-year-old reminding me of that. And again, at, at that point, I sat down and I did it. And by the way, that's that now resonates with me every single night with every single kid. And I make it a point, you know, to to do that. And and frankly, not dread it, but look forward to that opportunity to spend that time and make that positive impact. And you know, it's not going to be forever that, 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 that has as much impact as it does now. And I don't want to lose that opportunity. And let me tell you something, and this is totally selfish, but when I do that, I feel really, really good. Right. I don't feel like, Oh my God, I wasted this time. And now I, I, I have to go run around and do this and I'm not going to do well. No, I feel good. It was the absolute right choice. It was an absolute alignment with my
0: I love that. That's, and thanks for sharing that. I mean, it's, it's true. It's, it's real. We, we all do it and, and we got to call ourselves out on it. And, and you're right. Like you're, you're a major influencer, right? You're, you know, you've got this company, you're a father of five with your wife, you know, you're, I mean, your words have a ton of power, you know, just a ton. And, you know, and, and at the same time, you know, as parents were influencers and our communities were influenced, like someone's looking up to you, right? Like someone is looking up to you and you owe it to them to set that the best example, be yeah. the best for them. And
1: like, I, I, I accidentally fell into a leadership role. I didn't wake up one day and say, oh, I was going to create this company and we were going to employ all these people, right? Like this built naturally over time. And now it's very obviously intentional that we want to continue to do this. But like that, that is, it's, it's crazy how much impact you can have on people. And once you learn, you can do that, please, please use it in a good way. Like there's, there's so much good you can do. There's so much impact you can make by, by giving people the time and energy.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that they're going to get it from some, and especially when it comes to your kids, just to round that one out, right. They're going to get it. They're going to be influenced by something, you know? it it ought to be you. Right. And, and work will be there. And that's, that's another thing is, is, is knowing when work's necessary and when work can wait, you know, there's always something to do. There's always emails coming in people there. It's always going to be there. And and, and for me personally, I
1: I, I spent years avoiding things (laughs) by going to work because I felt so comfortable. I felt so in control. And, you know, that was a mistake, right? It was one of the many mistakes that I've made that i learned the hard way, right? It, it will always be there. And and by the way, you'll do a better job at it if you're in the right headspace when you tackle it. And I was using it for many years to avoid things that were harder for me to deal with, like emotions and feelings and all that other stuff that, yeah. that you know, is kind of scary and uncomfortable. And instead of addressing them, i jump right back into doing some procurement orders, writing some proposals, doing some server maintenance, uh, you know, running through the, the accounting records, improving our systems, like whatever it was, I would go directly to that to avoid the more uncomfortable items. Absolutely. And once I was able to deal with those uncomfortable items, I was able to use that stuff that I learned to help other people. And that ultimately made it so so many of those tasks would actually get done by others and everybody would become fulfilled. So it was just, it's just been very interesting to, to see. And, you know, one part of me wishes I could go back 25 years ago and tell myself these things then. But the other part of me goes, you know, even if I could tell myself that I'm not sure if it would have been as meaningful if I didn't have all of these experiences that really resonate with me.
0: Right. Yeah. And you've got five little future versions of you that'll learn that from you and take it, hopefully and and be better for because of it as well i mean um no that's awesome you know and and that is your that's one of your evolutions right that one that that you've had to grow through and and just get better and and busy is always going to be an excuse it's always going to be a convenient excuse to throw out there for those things that you're trying to avoid And, and and it is just that it's it's an excuse you know and and you know start start recognizing that and uh and do better um with regard to um, your influences that are on you, right? You're always growing. You're always learning. What where are you finding your your influence? You know, things that are helping helping push you to the next level.
1: It, it's it's literally all around me. So I'm influenced by everyone that I touch. You know, I, I'm so lucky. Just going back to you know the starting story of Antiva, like I am so lucky to have fallen. Uh, You know, right place, right time, wearing a red shirt, business owner picks me up. I'm now in like the the home of these business owners. And then I'm in the executive suites of these business owners listening to what they're doing inside of their business. And I had the ability to do this personally for years where I was in the inner sanctum. And I was watching and hearing things that I was like, oh, my God, that's incredible. That'll work. And I was watching and hearing things. I was like, oh, my God, if they do this, this is going to blow up. And then I would be able to see the results. And, and ultimately, I would, I would learn and grow and, and shape myself with all of those little experiences that I witnessed. And I was able to do that hands on for years and then, you know, now at this point, I, I'm very intentional about who I spend my time with, right? So, so if, if I'm spending time with people, like I need to know that, that I'm helping them become stronger. And, and frankly, selfishly, they're, they're people that I admire. They're people that I see as stronger because, you know, another mentor of mine shared this with me, and I don't know if you, you, you agree with it, but, you know, the concept of you being the product of the 10 people that are closest to you, I feel are very, is very, very true. And it's okay to change who those people are over time. But where you spend your time and energy with with specific individuals is ultimately going to shape who you are. And I'm very intentional about doing that with people that I respect and that uh, I aspire to be. And I've been I've been very lucky to be able to do that and, and to be able to be, you know, generally warmly embraced by those people and welcome to do
0: so yeah and and having the courage to do that right when you're finding there's parties in your circle that are not serving or not congruent with who you need to be right whether or not you are that person yet or not but even who you're aspiring to be in your own growth and evolution one back to where we maybe started this you got to be clear with what that looks like and who that is um because and then having the courage to be that person and that's going to mean the folks that are stealing your time, you know, taking that opportunity from you in a way, uh, because they're just not congruent with whether who you, who you are, or who you need to be, you know, it's, it's a, you're right. It's, it's going to happen many times over and you just got to find the courage and, and even your other points about being just communicating it, right? You can resolve the conflict if you just kind of communicate and this is what I'm working on. This is who I'm trying to be. This is what, um, and then you may find that they may, Be inspired by that and start leveling up with you but at least they know you're on the same page of where you're trying to go they don't they they don't kind of put up that fight more um and you you learn real quick where they're at in that whole equation too but it is i've learned that it's since the beginning i mean i remember starting the company it was the close people going oh you're working too much (laughs) how do you know right (laughs) you've worked the same job for last 12 years you're working for someone i'm building a company how do you know i'm working harder than what i have to to get this thing going you know and but there is that there's the, you know because but it's there so you got to know who you're who you're putting yourself around are they like say congruent with where you're trying to go it takes a lot of courage yeah. to face that it really does uh, but it's a necessity and it's one of those difficult uncomfortable thing but it's it's a part of the growth of truly getting where you need to go you know you're going to go through those types of pains and with regard to your time, how do you keep it all straight? Like you got, you've got a lot going on, 300 employees all over the country uh, and bringing all more and growing. I mean, how yeah, do you manage? I, look,
1: I, I live my life to a very structured schedule. You know, even evenings, weekends, they're all scheduled. The only time of the day that is a little unstructured, which I already described in my routines to you and they're sort of to, to prepare and catch all from anything I missed. Is really from about 4 to 6 a.m. Yep. Uh, so those two hours are somewhat flexible, uh, but they're usually spent doing what I described. Literally every other minute of every other day is booked. And, um, you know, at first I was a little depressed by that. I felt like I didn't have freedom, uh, but, but I learned that actually having that structure to me does create freedom because instead of spending my time and energy trying to think about what's coming next or, or, you know, juggle or plan for things that, that may not be defined. I know exactly what's coming and I'm preparing for them and I'm ready to tackle them. And by the way, I spend a lot of time preparing, you know, like I said before, I'm not the smartest guy out there, but I will work hard and I will do what it takes to, to, Get it done. So having that structure is important, and I I even in that structure do give myself time, and I've learned this over the years: time to kind of resync, refocus, or frankly deal with whatever the crisis is of the day or the hour. And there's always going to be one. Um, You know, I'll I'll tell you this too, and it's it's somewhat unrelated, but it just it just hit me. You know, going back to to ten years ago, fifteen years ago, I I would go through and handle issues then that would completely take every ounce of energy that I would have, right? Like whatever it is, a client is upset. They want to fire us. An employee is upset. They want to quit. Whatever the situation was, they would would consume every ounce of my energy. Today, I have morphed into somebody that cares just as much and wants just as much success, but has enough experience to know I'm going to get through this. And spending time worrying about whether I'm going to get through it isn't good. Spending time uh, analyzing every single outcome, avoiding pitfalls, going into your mind and and figuring out from past experiences, what can I use to to address this, going and reaching out to other people that may be support systems to help you with it. Those are all very focus things that I can do that allow me to respond instead of reacting to these things. So literally like I, I had it and, and you know, we can for another podcast for another day, I'll go into the details, but I had an, an issue in 2008 uh, that got resolved. It took from 2006 to 2008 for me to resolve it. It consumed almost every ounce of my energy over that two year period. And today I deal with stuff like that, like almost every other day. And I'm, it doesn't, it doesn't wipe me out. It doesn't stop me from progressing in other avenues of my life. It just makes me stronger. And I look at every one of those opportunities, every one of those challenges. Like I know that I live in integrity with myself. Like I do what I feel is right. I'm not always saying it's right, but I know I feel it's right. And because of that, I don't question what I'm doing. Now if once I've done it and I maybe learned that I did it wrong, I'll, I'll question, I'll analyze and I'll, I'll, I'll course correct for the future. but I feel good about it. so I'm not in fear of that any longer and I'm just focused on handling stuff as it comes at me. And it's really incredible to see those kind of muscle memory and that training come together. and, and you know one of the things that, that, that I want to make sure I continue to do, is always respond instead of react. When I slip up on that, I, I do you know reflect on it and I, I resolve it and try not to do it on the same thing. You know to to keep true to my making only original mistakes concept. But it's easy to let your emotion get ahead. It's easy to let fear get in your way. Um, it's it's easy to worry, and frankly, worrying is a wasted emotion. Right? You can plan for for negative situations and and be prepared uh for what you could do to mitigate them or avoid them but sitting around worrying doesn't really
0: do much right i love it man i love it No, 100 percent. that's i love I, i'm glad you called that out and and it's key and it is you know you just know you're gonna get through it you know when we're gonna be better for it and i mean i think that's awesome uh man i love it man it, I love you being here. I honor you and respect you coming on the show. And you're, like I said earlier, someone I always look up to and I know you're out there grinding and you're setting a great example. I mean, the first time I met you, man, you're like, uh, you made it real clear. You're all about your people and serving your people and making them better. And, you know, and I knew that made you special, man. So.
1: I, yeah, I, I appreciate it. And honestly, it's those people that enable me to do the stuff that I love. Like it's, yeah. it's somewhat a cycle. It's all, it's almost selfish, right? Yeah. Like, you know, it, it, if, if, if these incredible folks weren't around me, I wouldn't have anything. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it, it's a commitment that I have to all of them and I feel responsible for all of them. And I, I think for the most part, people understand that. And that's part of, of, of why there's, there's such a, a, a good relationship and ability to to be focused on the same goals as we grow and learn together.
0: Yep. And, and it's serving you well. And that's where you're, That's the power of your growth, man, is, is giving that to them and, and, and seeing them grow and seeing it all grow together, man. So congratulations to you for all your success, man. Uh, I'm, I'm fortunate to have you as someone, you know, I can reach out to or talk to about these things and, and I wish you nothing but continued success. If anyone's looking for you or Antiva, how's the best way to get in contact with you?
1: Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you can learn more about Antiva through the website, which is www.antiva.com. That's N is in Nancy, T is in Tom, I is in Igloo, V is in Victor, A is in Alpha.com. Welcome to email me. I'll give you the simple one. It's Stephen, uh, S-T-E-V-E-N at antiva.com, spelled the same way. Uh, or you're even able to reach out to me on the phone. I'm accessible all the time. Uh, 703-738-2905.
0: Awesome. Stephen, thanks for coming on, man. We'll have to do it again sometime.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: All right.